Welcome back to Marvel Maniac and MCU After Show. This is your host, Eric Cicada, a.k.a. Mr. Honest. It is my pleasure to be back with you today to discuss Marvel's What If Episode 3, officially titled What If the World Lost Its Mightiest Heroes. Now, we have a description for this episode, and we will go into this episode. But before we do, um, we have a, we have a trailer to discuss. Yesterday, um, as I'm sitting here, the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer was released. And uh, I have to say, that was momentous. I'm so glad, uh, as a fan of Marvel movies, but huge fan of Spider-Man movies, that this movie is coming out this year, um, let alone this year, but that trailer was fantastic. I did, what did you guys think? I mean, just some of the still images from this thing. Um... I mean, New Rockstar's already pointed out that the trailer was released um, on the same day that Wanda and Vision had marked on their calendar, August 23rd. Yeah, that was probably intentional, not, you know, I don't know, probably not intentional. Anyway, the trailer, you know, I was even having discussions with people all week, literally up to the day about if the trailer doesn't come out like almost this week, it's looking like we have a Black Widow situation, and it's looking like this this movie could push back a whole year, and that's not that's not that don't that don't feel good for Spidey. We don't we don't want to wait wait that long for Spidey. We want Spidey now, and yeah, we get Spidey now. <laughs> uh, so yeah, New Rockstars uh, has put some great uh, a great theory video out about it. I was just watching it before I uh, started. Um, yeah. I have so much insane hype. If you haven't seen the trailer for the Spider-Man No Way Home movie yet, holy mother almighty, go watch it. Um, we are in for some multiverse shenanigans. If you thought Loki was crazy, get ready. And by the way, you might need to go watch the Sam Raimi, Raimi Spider-Man movies. Those are about to be canon in the MCU, I think. Oh, and by the way, you may need to go watch the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies. They may also be relevant as well. Oh, and by the way, you might also need to go watch the Venom movies. I don't know, maybe. I haven't seen the Venom, man. I haven't seen Venom all the way through. Um, let's be real. I'm going to have to go see Venom. Um, I'm going to have to watch Venom and talk about it on here, I think. we. Uh, I love the Raimi Spider-Man films. Doctor Strange and Spider-Man are on an adventure in time in this movie, and... Um, they go through the multiverse and let's just say Dr. Octopus um, is back from Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 2 and it's hinted that William Defoe is back too in Spider-Man from Spider-Man uh, the original Spider-Man we get his laugh and we get the we get the pumpkin bomb the iconic pumpkin bomb so uh, it, you know as with every Marvel trailer, we have to be skeptical of what they're showing us, what they're giving us, can be completely false, right? It's like completely misleading, almost like fake shots. The best example I'll always have and give is the shot of the Incredible Hulk, green Incredible Hulk, running uh, in battle at the end of Infinity War, running into battle uh, instead of Bruce Banner uh, in the... Hulkbuster suit, there's a shot of Incredible Hulk, green, angry, mad Hulk running in the Battle of Wakanda in the trailers. Just to throw you off. Just so you don't know the arc of 
the whole story in that movie in the trailer this is what you have to love about the people that run the MCU. They don't want you to know anything about the movies going in. So this trailer was almost made in a way to, I mean, for this movie, I mean, this is hijinks after, this has got to be the craziest movie I've ever heard of in my life. Um, I mean, for them to be doing this, uh, it's got to be, it's got to be done really well. Uh, the trailer was, trailer was amazing so i what did you guys think um at marvel maniac pod tiktok twitter and instagram marvel maniac pod at gmail.com give us your thoughts obviously the at symbol in front of all those things does that need to be said anymore though uh, <laughs> um i feel like that was as sassy as tony stark and almost dr strange combined we're watching too many of these sassy heroes lately i need more um lovable heroes in my life I'm really excited about this episode. This is the first episode I'm going in completely blind. And I think a lot of us as an audience is too. What if the, lo- the world's lost its mightiest heroes? Nick Fury struggles to launch the Avengers initiative. Well, just the Avengers when candidates are targeted by a serial killer. Now, I am doing this episode in the same format in which I did last week. I'm going to watch the episode and uh comment as i go i had a lot of fun doing it that way last week i I had a great experience watching it i had a real memorable time watching it and i i actually consumed the episode in my mind probably in one of the most memorable uh positive experiences it might have just been the episode too but uh i had a wonderful time reviewing the episode last week uh just like watching it and uh, discussing it as we went so uh, also you know always your thoughts are welcome uh, if, if, if you think um giving a review post episode is good um is better let me you know give me your thoughts at marvel maniac pod all the all the links uh in the description um but it's you're welcome here i'm so happy to have you here thank you for being here and let's just get into this freaking episode i'm so stoked to watch it right now I, it's actually i'm not that stoked because i feel like all my favorite heroes are about to die in front of me and um, it's a little sounds a little depressing, and you know it, and I don't, since you're here and you probably watched it already. Um, so what, what do you know that I don't? Okay, let's go. Okay, so we start off on a Monday, and it's Nick Fury and Natasha Romanoff. They're driving to meet Tony Stark within the confines of the movie Iron Man Two. Very cool, very, 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 very cool uh, that we watched these movies very recently on the podcast. If you were with us or not with us, we discussed Iron Man 2 and Thor. So it's kind of fresh in my brain, it was kind of cool. So Natasha and Fury are approaching Tony after he's had his all-night bender with Rhodey, I believe, and he's sitting in the donut, identical, identical to the movie. Uh, so we're just barely splitting off timelines, diverging timelines here, and... Um, we get the exact line um there was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if they could become something more uh so she's basically like why would you bring stark in on this and um fury's arguing that i brought you know i brought a russian spy in on this once uh you know maybe you should trust my judgment and everything goes the same except for when natasha gives tony the particles uh you know that cures his problem he passes out and he dies 
and uh, Natasha checks his pulse, and yeah, he doesn't come back to life. So this is this is where we go wrong here, and it's kind of dark. It's actually really like it, it stirs me like in a very wrong way. Um, I feel very uncomfortable like watching Tony die here. I don't like it at all. Um, it's really yeah. I don't like <laughs> not in like a critical way of the show. It's just like I really it's really twisted this is like the darkest thing they've done so far <laughs> the watcher says humanity is so eager so willing to face the impossible yet blind to see the bigger picture inside one week three strange and separate stories unfolded so this is stating and it's true iron man 2 thor and hulk took place in the same week hulk the incredible hulk with ed norton multiverse Variant Hulk, Ed, Ed, uh, the variant Ed, Ed Norton Hulk, we call him now. Variant, we'll call him Ed Norton, because now it's a multiverse, so it's just a variant. Um, Bruce Banner, okay. And um, so the Watcher goes on. A genius battled his demons both inside and out, and it shows this great picture of Iron Man battling Whiplash on the racetrack. Then just a still of Hulk becoming um, a man, regular man, Bruce Banner. And then a godly prince fell to earth, and we get to see Thor. I am the Watcher, and where humans see chaos, I see the crucible that would transform this collection of individuals into a team of heroes. And we see the Avengers. He doesn't say this word for word, but that's ha- that that's what happens in the sacred timeline. Um, but that doesn't happen here on this timeline Tuesday Mjolnir is sitting in front of Coulson and Coulson calls Fury and yeah we are here at the beginning of the movie Thor Coulson sitting in front of the hammer or the end of the movie Iron Man 2 if you want to say technically we are um, it's the post credit scene of Iron Man 2 where uh, Coulson is standing in front of the hammer man this is some nostalgic stuff at the same time and this alternate universe is pretty sick um, I was a little a little itched at this idea at first of all the Avengers dying but now that we're seeing this it's kind of freaking awesome um, so the next scene we get is Coulson calling Fury um, as we know um, and Fury says, I'm a little tied up at the moment. So we get to cut away to Fury with Natasha. And um, she's letting Fury know that, you know, I never liked Tony Stark, but I would never do this to him. And as we know, unless something has gone completely wrong with this variant of Natasha and her past to turn her, which as far as I know, she's pretty sim- she's pretty similar to the one we know. Um, there's nothing really different here. Um, this Natasha Romanoff, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what, th- th- there's gotta be a bigger twist here because, uh, okay. Right now, from my perspective, th- they're really wanting us to think it is Natasha. Like, I feel like even in the previews, it seems like it's Natasha. So what's, what's going on? What's really going on here? You know, what's really going on here? Um, so she's basically trying to convince Fury that, it's not her. And uh, Fury says, I know, but, you know, this is basically protocol. We have to play all our cards, and um, this is what we have to do now. She tells Fury that the restraints won't hold her, and then um, Fury says that he's counting on it, and he hands her something to get, like, another vial. And he says he needs to find out who 
compromise the antidote. And she says, are you sure you want to take another big swing on me, boss? And he says, the safest bet I'll ever make. And fantastic. Love that. All right, so we got Black Widow just kicking some major ass in the backseat of this car. I mean, this is almost reminiscent of Steve Rogers in the elevator of that um, that elevator in his movie, Winter Soldier. Literally. Like, she's kind of in a closed compartment. He he. She gives the guard the handcuffs and then she beats the living heck out of everybody and uh, i just love that i love that it's just a classic black widow scene in an alternate universe perfect now it's nighttime and we cut to puente on Tigo, new mexico and we are around mjolnir and it is the it is the site of mjolnir where now we know it's a shield facility that uh the Thor does break into and is on his movie where, you know, he, he ramp it runs into it and goes crazy and tries to get, get the hammer and he can't get it. And it's where Hawkeye aims his bow at him in his movie. And right now, Nick Fury and Hawkeye are both standing over the hammer. Yeah. So this whole thing has me laughing. Um, so <laughs> we get, um, we get Nick Fury's whole perspective on this thing. And, it, you know, it is just really, I had to really think, we really never do get Nick Fury's perspective on Thor's arrival. Um, we get, it's all Coulson handling this. And Coulson really does play antagonist in Thor. Um, and, yeah, so um, Thor is straight on attacking the base. And um, Nick Fury says, the move is, hope for the best, prepare for the worst. And then Coulson finds an un- unconscious guard. He lets Fury know that there's a guard down. And Clint says, I think the worst just got here. I swear every voice actor is on point. I learned that Steve Rogers was voiced by somebody else who the guy did, must, the guy did fantastic. Um, but a lot of the voice actors are the same as the original voice cast. That If that guy... If that if that is not Jeremy Renner, I will give you five dollars. Whoever whoever's if I'm wrong, and um, I'm I'm and I'm not I literally won't though. Okay, um, so Coulson's talking to Fury and he says I got visual visual on the intruder, and he's kind of stunned. He says he's a Caucasian male, mid twenties with. The wind whips through his hair. Really great hair. <laughs> and then Fury's like, excuse me? <laughs> Samuel Jackson? <laughs> Samuel Jackson is just perfect. We get Samuel Jackson. You never know when you're going to get a good Samuel Jackson cameo as Nick Fury in the MCU, let alone a story here in Marvel's What If. Like, here we are with... With Nick Fury um, watching Thor arrive, and we never thought—I never thought I'd see that. That—that—that um, that, that gives me the giggles. So just like the movie, Thor is just ripping through guys, left, right. He's running through the camp to get to his hammer, but just this time, Nick Fury's here. So at this point, Hawkeye is above Thor at the point where he is reaching for his hammer, and. Hawkeye draws his arrow and he just makes a quaint comment. And he's like, Oh, Colson wasn't wrong about his hair. Just that one moment, a brief moment. And, um, he's holding his arrow and Fury says, hold on. I want to see this. And, um, uh, lightning strikes and it, it makes him draw his arrow and he shoots Thor straight in the chest and he kills Thor. 
he kills Thor. Hawkeye kills Thor on accident, uh, but he straight up kills Thor. This escalates very fast, and Hawkeye insisted that he didn't shoot, that it wasn't even his control. It wasn't in his power. And Nick Fury says your arrow would indicate otherwise. Clint's really upset. He's sitting in a cell, and uh, Fury and Coulson are watching him, and Clint's kind of saying to himself, I don't miss, I don't miss, I don't miss. It's clear that something kind of overtook him, though. It's really making me wonder what the heck's going on here. Um, Who's behind all this? Coulson asks, what's the word on our intruder? And Fury replies, dead. And if our blood samples are to be believed, he would be a thousand years old and not of this world. So uh, instantaneously, they know that something huge is going on. These aren't just coincidental deaths. They are assassinations. Fury asks if Parton's still sticking to his story, and Coulson replies that he's bent, out, bent as heck out of shape in there, and he's, uh, yeah, he is sticking to his story. And uh, Fury replies, he'll talk to me. And just as Fury's going in to approach uh, Clint to talk to him, he's dead. He's completely, completely uh, murdered, and they don't know what it is. So now we have three dead Avengers, and Fury and Coulson can, just can't keep up with this. Coulson smells Thor's dead body and says it smells like lavender, which is hilarious and also really creepy and morbid, but I kind of love it because this is just a deep multiverse where this only happened like in a microsecond of time and space, but like Coulson did do that, and uh, Coulson, you're kind of creepy, dude. Stop smelling dead bodies. How many dead bodies does he smell in reality? Like, Coulson, what are you doing? Um, never mind. I know. It's a little weird, though. But um, Nick Fury took a big sniff, too, and he didn't disagree. So maybe he really smells good. Like, a, a god smells like lavender, maybe. Like, maybe he really smells really good. Um, and Nick Fury starts to say there was an idea, and... The Avengers Initiative is starting to fall apart in his mind, and now it's now Wednesday. Culver University, Virginia. So Natasha visits Dr. Ross, who I'm assuming is um, from the Incredible Hulk movie. That's what I'm going to guess. And she is a biologist. She goes to Ross for answers about the syringe that killed Stark and what it was and what was in it. So she basically says that the antidote didn't make it out of the syringe. A tiny projectile was fired from the needle, which killed Tony. That makes me so mad. Why did you kill Tony? He needs to save the universe from Thanos, like, probably ten years from this point. So, uh, at this point, the lady, um, Dr. Ross, wants Natasha to leave, gets her strong leave vibes. When she does, she gets a call from... Fury and he lets her know that he has worse bad really bad news for her he asks her if she's in a secure location and then he says Barton's dead and the look that comes over her face so real so painful the the music um you know and he says I know what he meant to you uh, she turns her head looks down her lips tighten um and I'm re- I'm kind of like really looking at her, at her face here um there is a lot to say about what we can um, feel and and what we can learn about these characters in this show um, through 
these alternate scenarios and what they what what we build off what we can build off of, learn from them and uh, grow um, and like we can watch the Avengers again um, knowing how deep that relationship is with Clint and Natasha uh, you know he just died in front of her here um, it's, it's it's so harsh it's so harsh uh, it makes that relationship so much stronger just to hear that alternate scenario. Um, it's kind of hard to explain, but I don't know. It's, it, this is a lot. This is, this is heavy, man. This is heavy. Um, so Nick Fury explains to her that the person who killed him is the person that pretty much is going after the, the Avengers initiative. Uh, this is who I'm trying to get together. The, people, the, the, the world's great mightiest heroes. This is what I'm trying to assemble. And yeah, they're, they're, they're being attacked and killed, murdered. And the only two left are you and Banner. And you have to find him. And she says, I think I already have. And he's standing right, <laughs> hiding in front of her in a, uh, in a closet, being contained by Dr. Ross. Uh, so <laughs> that's kind of funny. And it is, seems to be the Ruffalo variant of Hulk uh, in this universe. So that's cool, too. Natasha lets them know we need to go now. She senses the danger, the inevitable assassination. And then we get a cutaway to Fury and Coles checking in at the S.H.I.E.L.D. base, uh, which I'm pretty sure is just the, the, the base that Thor's hammer was at, and I think is still at, because he never retrieved it at this point. And the Watcher is just pretty much tuned in at this point like we are i don't think i've ever seen him like hub hovered above the sky like this he's just like chilling in the desert watching uh colson and colson and uh fury just drive through the desert about to go to this insane scene we're about to see <laughs> um because this is about where everything's about to go off the handle you know where the universe is about to kick into high gear his eyes are glowing probably because like he's about to be like oh man <laughs> um glorious purpose Loki's coming. Loki's coming. So Coulson's approaching the base with a coffee, fresh coffee, and it just starts to shake. And then a giant rainbow light, pretty much, I'm assuming, is the Bifrost is splashing down onto Earth. Way bigger than it's seen. I don't know if it's, it's probably like malt, mega Bifrost. And uh, one person over the radio says, well, she's on the computer. She says that, came out of nowhere it's all over the charts and yeah out of it comes loki with a huge army colson said oh boy whatever it is it came with bogey bogeys and uh <laughs> fear is like came from earth and he's like maybe middle earth and it is loki like i said with the army but you do see um the thing that thor i always forget the name of it the thing that thor fights at the end of his first movie um the sun guardian thing the, the guardian of the chest room dude loki's got all of asgard behind him at this point he's pretty much i think i mean he might have killed odin let's see the asgardians bring their spears up and like point them towards all the soldiers and uh fury says looking for direction sir because you seem to have lost your way and we get a classic Loki, you do, you would do best to kneel before God. I like that. He He's actually armored up to the max. I don't know if it's the same exact armor as in Avengers. I feel like they suited him up even better since maybe he was um, suited up in Asgard. I don't know. He looks, he looks great. He looks great. We don't really do that here, no matter who or what you are. I'm Loki, Crown Prince of Asgard, and then the phone starts going off, and I love this bit. 
And he's like, are you going to get that? And um, Bruce Banner's like, basically, I'm not going to get killed. Um, as Natasha's telling uh, Fury what's going on and the, the, the telling Fury that we're about to get killed by this giant military. Because <laughs> um, Fury's picking up the phone just as all this is happening. And it's General Ross coming to kill Bruce Banner. And, you know, Fury's like, I'm getting attacked by... Um, uh, you know, Asgard in the army. Um, he he says um, he phrases it space Vikings, and she says show off. He says handle it and get to ground. Now, what is it exactly that brought you here, Mister Loki? Asked Fury. And uh, Loki spits out vengeance. An agent of this planet murdered Thor Odison, the crown prince of Asgard. Now we know Loki does have strong, immense love for his brother uh, deep down. We know that he wants the throne, but I don't think he would want his, he wanted his brother to die, uh, especially that, you know, I think he would want it at his own hands, if anything. Uh, there, there's many variants of Loki, too, so we know this as well. This is just one Loki variant. Um, so let's just look and see what, what unfolds with this Loki. This cuts back then to Natasha and Bruce uh, speaking to General Ross. Natasha tells Ross that she's uh, with S.H.I.E.L.D., and to stand down Bruce gets shot in the arm just shot and um, Ross is like who fired it was not us and Natasha approaches Bruce we're okay we're okay alright um, this isn't a good sign because Bruce you know remember he is the Hulk Loki lets Director Fury know that he fails to comprehend the enormity of the situation and then Loki proceeds to pull out the casket of ancient winters which is literally I think like, can make hell freeze over so I, I think he's about to ruin Earth. I think this is about to get a lot darker than I even thought possible. I think it's about to go insanely dark. I don't know. This is like the darkest timeline, maybe. It's crazy. I feel really bad. And uh, at the same time, um, Hulk is hulking out and starting to go crazy. And, um, you know, it's just, it's, 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 it's going crazy. It's going insane. Um, this isn't as cool as the last episode. You know, even there was a Thanos present in the last episode, and, and this, isn't as, this isn't as cool. Uh, and, and, and not in a bad way. I mean, this is really cool storytelling. Amazing storytelling, actually. Um, but just in a darker way. It's dark storytelling, which is very great. Natasha does do her superhero landing that Elena makes fun of her for and calls her a poser for. Um, when she lands away from uh, the Hulk, when he, he turns into the Hulk, so like, Poser, you do this thing where you land and you turn your hair. She does it, totally does it. Ross demands the soldiers to take the Hulk down, and Loki opens the casket and it unleashes blue flames, but they're uh, it's ice and yeah, Fury, Fury ducks down and it gets all all over the place. It's turning everything to ice. The casket turns everything to ice. Everything. Cars, people. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty, pretty devastating. General Ross is shooting the Hulk, and he's saying, you want some of this? And then that's where Betty, uh, I think her name is Betty Ross. She's running at, um, she's saying, no, don't shoot Bruce, you know? And uh, that's where that's where Natasha pulls her aside, and it's not, it's not who started this. And at which point, she asks who did, and then the, you, you cut to the Hulk, and he actually grew so big that he exploded, and that's kind of disgusting. I feel like if it were more animated and they wanted to go the whole way, it would have been a lot more gruesome. Um, I, I'm actually, I can't believe that that happened. Yeah, they they blew him up. He couldn't stop growing. 
they blew him up. I have to go back and watch that. That's so... That's sad. As the ice goes everywhere and Fury is looking at the destruction around him, he screams, uh, yells at Loki, declaring war on this planet will not bring your prince back. And who I realize is Lady Sif um, tells Loki that he's right. The All-Father would want us to listen. Loki tells Fury that we are not allies and then Fury insists, and then let me help you. I promise when I find your brother's killer, you will have your pound of flesh. And Loki says, I want the whole body. A uh, classic Loki. He's just, he, you know, he never has enough, you know. Um, and Loki's just so morbid. Uh, he, he, I mean, at the same time, why would he trust anybody? Um, they hadn't even been through the full plot of Thor yet. Loki had not really fully screwed Thor over, had he? How much had he screwed Thor over yet at this point in Thor? A little bit. A little bit, right? He was behind a lot of the stuff that had happened, at least. But not all of it. Um, and you know what? He, didn't want, he did not want his brother dead, that's for sure. Um, so yeah, Fury says, you need to give me time. Loki says, you have until the next rise of Midgard's son to deliver my brother's assassin. I'm just, I'm gonna guess that's tomorrow. Or he will reduce this planet to ash and ice. It's actually kind of ominous. I feel like it would take Loki a really long time to do that, though. Like, it would take him, like, three months. So Natasha's sitting in the public library looking up files. Um, I wonder if she may be trying to find, like, a safer place to look files up. But I guess she wouldn't want to do it on, like, an IP address. I don't know. Spy stuff, spy stuff. Anyways, um, she's calling Coulson to get her shield, his shield information. And this is where she starts digging into some stuff. His password is Steve, 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 I heart Steve 2424 or something like that. So he, he loves Steve Rogers. There's nothing wrong with that. It's cool. Um, so as she gets into the computer, um, she, she finds someone is behind her. She starts to get her butt kicked by some invisible force. Straight up invisible. Like Harry Potter invisibility cloak. Invisible. Yeah. And she gets files for Coulson, Fury, Janet Van Dyne, and Alexander Pierce. And how did a woman who died two years ago access the database yesterday? And she calls Fury. It's all about hope. It's all about hope. And Fury listens to that voicemail over and over again in a diner. And this is in New Mexico um, where the icy battle happened. And now there's like an icy, basically, mountain out in the desert. Very mythical. Interesting alternate timeline. I like this. This is very, very interesting place they're doing this to. Early phase one. Like, like early phase one alternate timeline here. I like this so much. And, uh, yeah, so we got Fury sitting in a diner outside. All the cars are parked. And uh, he's just listening to this voicemail from Black Widow. He just got over and over again. Coulson reminds Fury that it's four hours until sunup. And he says he knows, but he looks very, very stressed on this situation. And Coulson says, sir, I understand that this Prince Loki situation is the very reason you proposed the Avengers initiative for a group of remarkable individuals to fight the battles we can't. And he says, I wrote the speech. I love how it's referenced so often in this episode. Like... It was so good, um, that speech in the trailer for Endgame, and it was so epic, and uh, there was an idea 
for a group of remarkable people to fight the battles that we can. <laughs> it's kind of like almost mocked in this episode, um, but not really. Like it's just it's it's sad. Like he can't get the he can't get the band together in this one. Coulson says there's still one Avenger left, sir, uh, and that's you. And Fury looks kind of angry, and he says there's not I'm not the last Avenger. And he tells Coulson. Uh, like he's also he's also calls that with purpose and he walks out to the car with purpose and he grabs the pager uh, captain marvel's pager he gets to loki's palace thing and the uh guardian of the throne room or the uh odin's the uh, guardian of odin's vault that thor fights at the end of thor one and he says i'm here to see your boss and then we cut to thursday this is a long week this is a long week we are now in San Francisco, California. The watcher is also watching from above. He's he's watching very closely on this one. We are now above the gravestone of Hope Van Dyne. So I'm gonna assume the Nexus event of this reality or the big spinning spinning turning point of this event. Uh, of this reality was the death of Hope Van Dyne and or her becoming a shield agent. I don't remember if she was or is one in that current she was was she ever one in the MCU? No. Uh, but this turned someone who we know and basically love in the current MCU insane. Um with revenge. Uh this is Hank Pym, evil Hank Pym. I've never seen anything like this. Did I didn't see this coming at all. We got bad Ant-Man, an evil Ant-Man on our hands. Antagonistic Ant-Man early early game. Hank Pym has been around in the MCU just in the background this whole time. And boy oh boy, um with a reckless shield and in the right circumstances, um he's actually wearing the yellow jacket suit. Not the Ant-Man suit. He's wearing the yellow jacket suit. Pym says that Hope died because of Fury. And Fury replies that Hope Van Dyne was killed. Agent Hope Van Dyne was killed on a mission outside of Odessa, Ukraine. He said she was my daughter, my little girl. I mean, this is so personal to Hank Pym. Um, dude, this is like completely out of left field for me. Out of left field for me. What the hell, dude? Uh, so yeah, this is great. This is really great. I did not see this. This is I did not see this coming. And I believe it, it's a it's got to be the exact voice of Michael Douglas. I mean, if it's not Michael Douglas, then whoever they hired to sound like Michael Douglas deserves, deserves the Michael Douglas Award of the year because that's Michael Douglas. Um, if I had ever heard him, that's an angry Michael Douglas, like. I'm afraid of him. I'm afraid of this guy. Look at it. Look at his eyes. His eyes are fierce, ferocious. Uh, his daughter's dead, and uh, he wants to kill Nick Fury because Nick Fury apparently is the only reason that his daughter died, not Shield. Nick Fury, not Shield, the corrupt Shield. He can't put a face on this problem, but the guy who's creating a superhero team. Um, to save the world He's This superhero This guy This Hank Pym is the worst I'm so happy that there's another Other Hank Pym um, To see what Hank Pym is capable of Is freaky and terrible and awful I'm scared of Hank Pym's uh, 
uh, capabilities. Terrible. I, I mean, I do see we do see dark t- dark side tendencies from him. I think um, he's not very he's a kooky kooky lab scientist. We get that, but dude. This this is a variant of Hank Pym, which unlike no other, uh, it just goes to show what one one or le- one wrong left rider turn can do to somebody. Uh. So it's saying he's saying that um the other Van Dyne was also a Shield agent. Um, her mom Hope, uh, Janet Van Dyne's mom was a Shield agent. Was, I, I want to assume she was also the Wasp in this timeline as well. I I'm guessing that. This is just a timeline that they were also shield agents and the wasp. I'm I, I, I may be getting some of the. I may need Mister, you know, Mister Honest, aka Eric, may need to go back and watch Ant Man. Okay, we could go talk about it. Um, email me your angry fan raging thoughts at marvelmaniacpod at gmail dot com. I want to hear them. I want to hear what you have to say. What did you think of this episode? I'm not done watching it yet. I got a few. I got a few minutes left. But holy, holy mother almighty! This uh, this fight between I'm just going to say Michael Douglas and Samuel L. Jackson because this is what, what we're watching. Kind of is epic, and the fact that it's animated pretty much makes it's like we don't we don't need stunt coordinators. We just get to watch these two guys go full force at each other, um, full quality force fight. And uh, I, I love it. This, this is really good. They're fighting. They're fighting for stakes here. And I gotta say, Nick Fury's gonna win this one because th- this this uh, variant of Hank Pym is a lunatic. This guy just killed. This guy just killed the Avengers. Thank God Steve Rogers hasn't been pulled out of the ice yet, right? Um, my bet now is that this is the timeline that Peggy Carter will be pulled out of at the end of this episode. I hope so. Uh, and then she will get to interact with regular Steve Rogers and fight off the Jatari. Well, the Jatari thing ain't going to happen. This is all turned around now here. So this reality is just completely completely I mean you, you see what the multiverse does to you and sends you on loops sends you on loops guys um wow um I, I gotta finish this episode so yeah we get to see um Pim's perspective of him basically taking down every Avenger uh, going into Iron Man's suit like the projectile he goes he throws an enlargement disc at uh the Hulk's heart he flicks he literally flicks the arrow um, out of Hawkeye's hand, he goes at Natasha. It all makes sense now. The invisible fight, Natasha. Oh my gosh! It's just like all so much at once in these episodes. You under I underestimate these. And when he asks about Thor, which I think he's I think he's baiting him to admit that he killed Thor because Loki's got to be with him. And what he needs is it. What he needs is for him to admit that he killed Thor. For him to get like Earth protected from this invasion from Loki and the Asgardian army because all I can pretty much bet is Odin's pissed too you don't want Odin pissed uh, at, at you you got Odin pissed at you you got Thanos looking at you because you got the you got the um you know you got you also have the mind stone on earth you got a lot of you got a lot of stuff about to hit you fury you know so um pretty much right now um Hank Pym needs to get, He's got to sell Hank Pym out to Loki. The Yellow Jacket suit is really cool. It, uh, it, I feel like Hank Pym using it. I feel like he just knows how to use the suit. 
um, evil Hank Pym especially. Um, he goes at Fury, but then Fury turns into a million Furies and circles Hank Pym and freaks him out. And this is what you get when, when you get an amazing team up like Nick Fury and Loki. So um, they team up and take down Hank Pym. And Fury says, S.H.I.E.L.D. is people. People willing to give their lives for something greater than themselves. To save the world from men like you. Uh, such shade. Such shade. And all the Asgardians coming in right behind Fury, like, in full force. It's just honestly... I said it was dark. It's honestly looking kind of good for Earth. It's like a union between the Asgardian army instead of just Thor and Earth. It's like all of Asgard and Earth. And he said, um, Hope Van Dyne always understood that, you know, to Hank Pym. And, um, so yeah, Fury says, take the hammer and get off my planet to, to Loki. And he says, I was thinking we might extend my stay here on Midgard. Um, so the next day we are Friday, United Nations, New York City. And Loki and several of his soldiers walk towards a podium at the front of the room. Loki says, nations of Earth have put aside their differences. Yeah, so basically Loki rules the world without the help of anything. Thanos, he doesn't need any, um, he doesn't need any scepter, nothing. Coulson says the Avengers fell before they had a chance to rise. May they rest in peace. They can, but we won't. The Watcher says, I believe in this universe as in every other hope never dies. And Fury is searching through the remains of Captain America, you know, the shelter of the, uh, the wreckage of the ship. And he finds a shield. And then Carol Denver shows up as Captain Marvel. And she says, where's the fight? So there are still some Avengers alive. Um, this is like, I think like, oh, the first one off. I don't know if we're going to see any follow up to this one. Um, I thought this was a really fun episode, and I thought it took a brave step in a different direction, just like the other episodes of Marvel's What If. I am thrilled to be here with you today on Marvel Maniac, an MCU after show. Um, what an episode, what an episode, what an episode. What did you think? Um, I actually have no idea every single week what I'm walking into. Um, I, I, I always kind of have an idea. T'Challa and Star-Lord, I kind of knew. This week, I don't... I had no idea. Next week, we could be getting... We could be getting Thanos um, going on a date um, or going to prom. You know, Thanos going to prom. If Thanos is going to prom with... Um, you know, that lady from Guardians of the Galaxy, the gold lady, like, what would that be about? That would be boring. I don't want to see that. Maybe a little bit. If there was, like, an extra episode, I wouldn't want, like, to lose an episode in, in that sense. Anyway, um, I'd love to hear from you uh, at Marvel Maniac Pod on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. We're on all of them. Hit us up. Uh, literally give us a follow or whatever. We would love to hear from you. Email us at marvelmaniacpod at gmail.com. That's the best place to reach us right now. If you'd like to donate, the best place would be paypal.me slash marvelmaniacpod or at marvelmaniacpod on PayPal. Thank you so much for being here today, and we will be here next week, as always, for the fourth episode already of Marvel's What If. Now remember, Shang-Chi will be out on September 3rd, 2021. That is very soon, and... I will be doing my best to cover it on the day, if not within the next day or two of it releasing. We'll see you next week. Until then, Avengers, disassemble.